And so they have snatched victory from defeat. Our Philadelphia Phillies, our 2022 Philadelphia Phillies, were so close to dropping game one of the newly formed National League wildcard series to the Cardinals. And yet, the persistent feeling of something just being a little bit different about this team continues. Something just a little bit different from Phillies teams of the past. You can't say it's totally magical. You can't say it's totally easy to watch. It's a little bit maddening at times. They never do it with a flourish. Well, I guess kind of a flourish. But it doesn't really matter because here we are after 11 years, 11 years to the day from game five of the NLDS against these same Cardinals in Philadelphia, the Phillies come from behind to snatch game one down to nothing, one out in the ninth inning. They come back and they win six to three and now have two chances to clinch this short best of three series in advance to face the Braves in the National League Division Series. Joined by the Athletics' Scott Gelb. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Paul Boyer. And boy, uh, Matt, it is hard to find a, a bigger shift in mood than the moment between the first out was made in the ninth inning when Reese Hoskins struck out for the first time. And when that rally started picking up, is something just feeling a little bit different in that clubhouse still to you? Yeah. Hi, Paul. Um, I, you know, there was 32 minutes at the top of the ninth inning and, mm. uh, in so many ways, like it was 32 minutes of just, uh, it just changes the way you feel about everything. I feel like, and it was the way it happened. It was the Cardinals having a bullpen implosion. It was the Cardinals waiting too long to get a reliever up. It was the Cardinals making mistakes in the field. Uh, mm. It was so Phillies like, you know, they transformed <laughs> into the Phillies from the last 10 years in those 32 minutes. And the Phillies seized the moment and, they are one win away from the NLDS in Atlanta, and it's it's the way they did it, right? Uh, yeah. Bryce Harper, I feel like had had the at bat of the inning. Uh, he was down one two to Helsley. There was one out in the inning, and Real Muto's at first base. That the, the game is, you know, very much still in the Cardinals' favor at this point. And you know, we've looked at Harper. I've asked him again after the game. He says he's physically fine. He clearly isn't right okay, in yeah. some way. Okay. Uh, and he's admitted that he's like, I just don't, you know, I haven't gotten it back yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten the feeling that I need to get. And he, he claims it's not a physical thing, but we have a compromised Harper and whatever, for whatever reason at the plate down one and two to one of the best relievers in the sport. And all he has to do is chase one bad pitch there. And the inning is totally different. The Phillies probably lose the game and he laid off three pitches. There was one Oh one miles an hour uh, way away for ball two, 102 down and away for ball three uh, and ball four was a slider down and in and they weren't that they weren't necessarily competitive pitches but he didn't swing at them yep and that that at bat I think that walk changes the entire inning because then you know in the moment Harper I asked him after the game he's like 
I'm, I'm, I'm thinking once I get, I took two cracks at it, took two swings. I didn't, I, I missed. So then I'm just trying to, to, to protect and battle and just try to get, try to pass the baton and not do too much. And <laughs> in the end, you know, they all did that. And, and, and the Phillies don't always do that. And no, that's, you know, that's how the Cardinals win games. That's how good teams win games. And after the game, I thought Bryce gave the perfect quote and it was just me and Todd Zlecki were, were staying there talking to him. And he says, that's winning baseball. And it was so foreign to us, Paul. I think everyone who was watching is because <laughs> we haven't seen that in so yeah, long. Right, and right. they waited 11 years and it just took another eight innings or so for them to really make their mark in the postseason again. And it's just one game. They still have to win one here. But, and I mean, you've got the feeling that just the way it happened, uh, that <laughs> they have a lot of momentum. They have a lot of confidence. Uh, some wins don't necessarily inspire confidence. Some wins are you just, you know, like, oh, we, you know, we survived, we did it. This was the kind of win that inspires confidence and you know, what a way to begin this postseason. It it it's very funny. It's very I can say it's very funny now given how the game ended. But it was it's very funny <laughs> watching all of the moments that the Cardinals had to to inject that mythical aura that they have about them in the playoffs into this game. There are a couple of different moments that, that jump immediately to mind. Albert Pujols comes up to bat with the bases loaded. And instead of doing huge damage, grounds into a double play. Uh, or maybe it wasn't the bases loaded. He comes up with runners on. First and, first and second. First and second, right, because a run would have scored. You're right. Comes up with runners on, grounds into the, a double the play. The slowest developing double play ever. There was yeah. four clutches, a double yeah. clutch from, from Bohm at third and a double clutch from Segura at second base. It was probably the slowest 5-4-3 uh, I've ever seen, but uh, it, it still had him by like three steps too. And then Molina at the end of the game as the tying yeah. run, like yeah. you just, you, you look at some of those and, and I, I could add as like a, maybe like a bonus one, Arenado completely laying a ball in the ninth inning, just like Goldschmidt making the wrong choice. Goldschmidt makes the wrong move. It doesn't tag the bag. Does he goes immediately home and doesn't get so like, it's just everything that could have broken the Phillies way. Every coin flip, it just it, it went that way. And that that doesn't happen, especially against the Cardinals in the playoffs. It's just it was a surreal inning and it all came together. It made you it made you forget the first eight, which, by the <laughs> way, look, I'll say objectively, that was a really good baseball game. It was a good game. That was yeah. a really good game. Um, I would have been my my impartial heart, whatever part of that is left in there would have been like, OK, that was good. They gave him a show. Uh, if they hadn't pulled that out, but instead, you know, they come out and, and bust things open sort of in the ninth inning. It was great. Something continues to feel unkillable about this team, even if they're sometimes the ones who who inflict the wound on themselves or bring themselves like to grave status. They just have this. You could call it never say die, I guess. And I think Alec Baum had something about this um, in his postgame sound or one of the interviews from some of the footage I saw, just bits and pieces. Um, he just said they fight. They fight. And they did. They did exactly that. They were suppressed for eight innings. Um, they weren't dominated, but they weren't getting great swings. They weren't having great contact. They were held in check. And there they are facing, yes, one of the very best relievers in baseball who was having a wraparound and apparently had a flare up uh, or something semi-related to his injury from earlier in the week. Uh, we can maybe talk about that in a second. That causes him to just lose feel for his fastball. And the Phillies take advantage. They don't press. 
They don't throw swings away. They don't throw at bats away. Nick Castellanos has been throwing at bats away for months. Ha- had a really good at bat. Yep, yep. He got a three-one pitch, and it was cl- it was well. The three-one pitch wasn't particularly close. But it's not he like said the one. He said the one pitch down and away. He said the the ones yeah. where he's missing up and in. You know, really easy takes. Sure. He said there was a pitch down and away, and I have to go rewatch that bat. I still haven't done that. Where he said uh, that was the toughest take, and uh, maybe it was the. Maybe it was the fifth. Pitch. It might have been the three-one because that's yeah. a slider down and away. And, yeah. and, and if there's anything we pointed out, it's like Cassianos goes fishing down there. He's he's been Correct. going fishing there, and Correct. he didn't. Everything went their way. Everything went their except maybe for poor Reese Hoskins who didn't really have a great he made two outs in the inning. Yeah, <laughs> it was not, he not a great debut for Reese. He actually laughed about that at the after. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing what winning fixes, right? Like you can just kind of laugh off a, a, an Ofro like that when everything else comes together and, and you're, you're a team guy. Um, I really have to think it just to gently segue here that Ryan Helsley being used the way he was, even if he hadn't exited the game with an injury, whatever this numbness in his, his finger might be related to, he got worked hard. And I think it would have been reasonable to expect him to be eh, probably not at a hundred percent if they tried to use him again tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, I don't think he's a, yeah, he's, he's done. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the injury on top of all of that now, you you almost certainly don't think he comes back tomorrow, like you said, and Sunday is in question if it goes to a game three. Look, and, and Palante and Palante threw two twenty two pitches, yeah. Gallegos threw nineteen yep. pitches, and both of their Gallegos had a wraparound. Yep. Uh, Gallegos you know, is very good Jack, too. Jack Flaherty, who started, you know, all year and uh, he he got up twice in the game uh, in the bullpen. You know, he, I'm sure he'll pitch at some point tomorrow, but you wonder, you know, whether he's uh you know, he'll feel that a little bit, but no, I mean, you didn't just win. It was again, the way they won and, and, yep. and you, you made them, you know, they used to use their, their top guys. The Phillies actually, you know, Alvarado only threw 12 pitches. They got him out of there. Robertson came in uh, mm. and, and did good work. F1 threw a lot of pitches in the ninth. Like, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you try to find a way to do it tomorrow without him, but I'm sure he'll be, you know, up and available, but uh, you have to feel great. You know, it isn't that you just won. It's it's you know what are the after effects of it going into game two and and the Phillies I, I feel like uh, come out looking really good uh, for game two. Was there anything? Did, did you happen to get any sort of insight or did anybody offer any thought as to why Palante was the choice there with Menon and Segura up instead of Flaherty? Because Palante is more of a contact guy and Segura obviously can put the bat to the ball, even if it's not always the best contact. Flaherty didn't look happy. That's all I know. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed bad. a little odd. Yeah. I, you know, as as they were the going The whole through- magic was odd. I mean, like, if they right. knew Helsley has had this, you know, finger issue, whether or not they knew he was going through it at that moment, they had made two mound visits in inning. The catcher went up and then the pitching coach went out. But they didn't get anyone warming up until the bases were loaded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just was stunned by it. I know Helsley's your guy. He's been you know unbelievable this season, really oh, yeah. unbelievable. And he was still throwing, you know, 102, 101. It's not like right. uh, he looked compromised, but I mean, he clearly lost the strike zone. And I, I thought the Cardinals were were really late in getting somebody up. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if that cost him the game. I mean, obviously Helsley did enough damage, and you're probably going to let him, you know, you're going to give him a long leash there. But, oof, man. Also, you know, like the little things, right? Like Edmundo Sosa pinch ran and he hasn't played yeah. a game in three weeks. He scores, you know, on a bang, bang play at home against his former team. I mean, just Alec Bohm doesn't score there, by the way. I don't think Alec Bohm does not score there. No, 
No. Uh, everything went to Philly's way in that inning. And <laughs> it's such a it's such an odd feeling, right? It's such an odd feeling. Oh yeah. Oh, incredibly. So was there was there a moment, Paul, in the inning where you thought they had a shot? Like what when when was it? When did it turn for you when you're watching yeah. at home and, and thinking, you know, oh. Hmm. Well, I'll give the broadcast a little bit of credit here, which it's it's going to be hard for me to do that. I think for the rest of this series, but the pointing out that Helsley was not spotting his fastball well at all was what really kind of made me think. Okay, not only is he in a wraparound, they made him work a bit in the eighth inning. They didn't let the Cardinals tack on anything in the bottom half of the inning, so he was going to come back out at the very least. Bare minimum, you've set the bar at Pyrrhic victory where Helsley's going to work a lot and compromise him in some form or fashion for game two. So I was already like, okay, fine. That's a foundation on which to build. As soon as Bohm got hit by the pitch to drive in uh, the first run, uh-huh. I was like, yeah, something's a little bit different here. It helps that the bases were still loaded. There was only one out. The choice to go with Palante to face Segura well, they wanted they wanted they wanted the ground ball, and they played the infield. They played the infield not all the way in, but not at double play depth in between. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, if the ball is hit hard, you try to turn two. If the ball is hit soft, you come home. That's why you set the infield where you set it, and uh, yeah, that's why they went the contact guy. I think. I mean, coming into this series, and I guess that that plays out in in practice, and I I can buy that in in some way, shape, or form. I, I feel like. Segura was throwing away at bats fairly frequently recently, and and maybe you get a better stuff guy in to get him to chase, but that's neither here nor there. I think it also makes sense to try and get that double play ball, and they almost got, they almost got it. It was it was pretty. I close. mean, if they're at normal double play depth, that's yes. double play. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, but like coming into this game, right? You think about the Cardinals staff and how few strikeouts on the whole they get. They're it was either just their starters or their entire staff, very bottom of the league in getting strikeouts. Now the Phillies, when they're at their worst, swing and miss a lot. And they still struck out a few times in today's game. Seven, in fact, as I look up the box score. But only three against Quintana. Yeah. Exactly. They were only three, the ball three in strikeouts play. in the first six innings. Yeah. They were putting the ball in play. It wasn't the best contact. They weren't stinging the ball like that. He was Quintana did a good job keeping everybody off guard, but they weren't missing, right? And that's always a good sign to me when the lineup is making some contact, putting the ball in play, because they do have a lot of guys that can strike out a lot if they're not going well, or they have a guy with overpowering stuff. So it, I had a, I just, something in the back of my mind was like, if they're making contact now, first time through the order against the starting pitcher, something somewhere was making the leap of seven different logical bounds to be like, I think they're going to hang in there late in the game. Gallegos held him down. He's he's good. That's fine. You you expect that. But then once they started putting better ABs together against Helsley and they started picking up that he was, you know, clearly not throwing his A stuff with his A command, at least. That's when it all changed. You could just feel that there was that rally mentality going where it was next guy up, next guy up, next guy up. Just keep the line moving. You know, I. I almost felt like. Even Palante came close to hitting Segura a couple of times before Segura actually singled. And it's like, are the Cardinals feeling the pressure here? Like, is that ridiculous? Are they the ones who are all of a sudden tight? Are they feeling something creeping up behind them and over their shoulder that, you know, 
all of a sudden it's time to, to, to just, I am so not used to seeing what I saw in that ninth inning from a team that has mysticism and history on its side. And on the other side, the Phillies have so frequently come up and been the submissive ones in this situation where they just sort of bow to the moment. The past years, if one of the, like if even the 2021 team had stumbled into the playoffs and, and found themselves in that situation, it doesn't end that way. It just doesn't. It just different players. Yeah. Different configuration. Fine. Sure. Whatever. It's just the whole aura of the thing was different. Yeah. And, and how fitting that it's Gene Segura, you know, who waited almost, you know, parts of 13 years, 13 seasons. And uh, I'm happy for him, man. You know, 1300 games. I'm sorry, like 11 seasons. And, um, you know, what a moment. And, and, you know, he hit it hard, like he hit on the ground. And I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at uh, what Ali Marmal, the, the Cardinals manager said after the game, he said about that matchup, about that decision. He said, Segura is a high ground ball, 60% ground ball guy against righties all year. Palante is a high, high ground ball guy. That matchup has about a 70%. You got one out. The situation is you want to end the game there with a ground ball double play. If there's two outs, we go to Jack for the punch out. So you're playing the outs and the probability there. Okay. And they got the ground ball. They did. They did. <laughs> they got the ground ball and like, and it got through. And even, you know, Bryce Harper noted like it, it didn't just get through, like it nicked off Donovan's glove and that, or whoever was playing. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still scatterbrained. I don't even know who's playing second base at the time. It was, it was still, no, it wasn't Donovan anymore. It was Edmund. Edmund was at second base Edmund at that point. Edmund And, uh, it nicked off his glove, and that, and it, and it didn't get all the way through to right field. So Castellanos was able to score the go-ahead run. Um, I mean, it was just like the perfectly placed ball uh, in a situation where the Phillies uh, really needed it, and uh, and it was Gene Segura who who w- ends up with the swing, uh, jumps you know halfway uh, yeah. to first base and celebrates, and uh, uh, you know October is a time for some of these guys to you know create their reputations like we know about real muto and segura and wheeler and nola and hoskins as regular season players but you know you really make a name for yourself in these moments in these games and you're always wondering like how like how are some of these guys going to respond how are they going to react to these moments and on the whole it wasn't great for most of the day wheeler <laughs> aside i mean wheeler was tremendous we can yeah get to him real quick but uh it, when it really counted in the moment, uh, these guys uh, pass the baton, as they like to say, and that's not something that they've really done a lot, especially in September. Uh, there was a lot of frustration with the way the offense was, uh, but in the biggest moment, uh, those guys didn't try to do too much. And how refreshing is it to see that uh, from a team that was playing on the biggest stage for the first time in a long, long time? It, it's almost natural to want to try to do too much. It's natural to want to be the hero. And they <laughs> they handled it really well. They handled it well. The Cardinals did not. And it's it was just stunning. It was truly stunning uh, that ninth inning. That's that's a perfect way to put it. I'm back to Wheeler uh, since it seems like a good time to segue over to him. Six and a third, two hits, no runs, four strikeouts, one walk. Got into the seventh inning, looking good, creeping up on 100 pitches. Stuff was still hanging in there. Jose Alvarado, unfortunately, comes in and picks this moment to break up his string of um, 13 consecutive appearances without a strikeout, including 
seven straight with multiple strikeouts to get out of the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> to give up a first pitch pinch hit home run after a two out walk, uh, home run to Juan Yepes, who is another of these nice little Cardinals finds who's come up through their system. Just barely snuck just in barely. inside the foul just pole. Just barely. Just yeah. scraped the wall. Like it was just, uh, it was placed just right. And it was at that point you're like, okay, there we go. Our best reliever has shown a crack in the armor. All of a the sudden, aura, the aura, pinch the aura is taken over. Yes, the Cardinals yes. fans were starting to pile. The noise picked up. It was just like, ah, oh, crap. The offense wasn't doing much. You were just like, well, they weren't doing anything. You just feel like you can feel the weight of everything coming down upon you. Um, We all know how that ended, of course. But to talk about Wheeler, which was the initial point of this segue, that is exactly what you want from your your playoff number one on the road, at home even, game one, set the tone, six and a third, really good innings. Like, he really looked good. And I think that's so important. If you want to think ahead, they have to take care of business first. But if you want to think ahead to future starts, if he makes another start against the Braves, that's the kind of Zach Wheeler you want to throw against Atlanta. So the fact that he has shown up, the fact that he, I think that was his playoff debut, right? Because he wasn't mm-hmm. able to appear with the Mets. Correct. Yep. You know, just one of a one of a number of guys on this team, rookies and otherwise, who are making their playoff debut. He was not afraid of the moment. He rose to it. He pitched great. It was not going to be any fault of his that this game, you know, fell apart if that 2 nothing score had held. That's what you want, right? And that is something you can build off of, even if Alvarado didn't have his best appearance. You skip over him for a second. David Robertson looked like the guy you were hoping to see all year. That's he a ran plus. a full count to the first batter, but didn't walk him. Mm-hmm. And that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, two strikeouts in, in a, well, technically perfect inning. And then Eflin comes in and, and scuffles a little bit, but you you knew the Cardinals were going to make it a little bit interesting. So the pitching, as it did during a lot of the summer, especially the midsummer months, carried this team to the ninth inning, kept the minute, kept it a two-run game. Is this, you know, is this a winning formula? Can we expect the Phillies to keep themselves in the game by pitching? rather than slugging it out? Are we going to see more of that? You typically do this time of year. I think their plan going in was Wheeler and then some combination of Alvarado and Eflin. That was what they that was their ideal blueprint. Uh, depended on where they were in the order when they needed the first reliever, if it was going to be Eflin or Alvarado. Those they decided were their two guys they're trusting. Figure it out today, get to it tomorrow, even if you had to lean on Alvarado and Eflin longer than you wanted. And in the end, I, you know, they didn't get their ideal blueprint, but it still worked out all right. You know, Wheeler throws 96 yep. pitches to get uh, to get 19 outs, uh, 22 foul balls. I think that was the biggest thing. He didn't. He only walked one guy. It's not as if it was like he rate. He, you know, his pitch count was high because he wasn't throwing strikes. He was. They fouled off 22 of his pitches. I mean, they're, they're tough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, but think about this, Paul. Like, you want to start to get greedy? Oh, always. Uh, if they do win game two, if they sweep, if they can sweep the Cardinals. Wheeler pitches game two of the NLDS on regular rest. Beautiful. Yeah, that's what you want. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Game two would be Wednesday. So you'd have Suarez pitch game one and Wheeler pitches game two. That's what you want. Look, I remember when we were talking about hopefully setting things up in the Houston series earlier in September. Like, 
how important it would be to get everything lined up pitching wise for this team to have Wheeler be able to go in game one and not have those late Houston games matter to have Nola be able to follow him up. Similarly, if you have Zach Wheeler looking like this, like he did against the Cardinals today on Friday, if you have that, you're in good shape. It doesn't matter what kind of lineup you have behind it because you have a guy who's a legit number one. Keeps you on it. Yeah. Even if he's only at like 90%. Right. And you can have the kind of innings that you had at the plate uh, in the first, you know, seven, eight innings of this game and still win it. <laughs> yeah. Because the exactly way right. Pitched. Yeah. So it's yeah. such a, it's such a huge deal. Not just that he did what he did today on Friday, but the fact that he did it in the playoffs where, and it's not like he's anathema to the rest of today. There, there were a couple other pitchers who actually finished off seven innings. We're seeing a complete swing of the pendulum back the other way now. How about that? Huh? It's just been immediate. It's been wild. It's almost like, it's almost like you see the games laid out in front of you and you're like, we cannot burn through our bullpen immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's made for some really good baseball here on this first day, not just in this Phillies game too. Like Luis Castillo with Seattle absolutely shoving. Shane McClanahan and Shane Bieber had a wonderful pitching duel with Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Like the Shanes. Yeah, the Shanes. Look, if you're a fan of old school stuff, like this is for you. Like with starting pitchers going deeper. This is the way the postseason should be. Yeah. Come on. Like I, yeah. I, I, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm too wistful, but <laughs> I, I about the past, but like this is this is. Uh, it was more aesthetically pleasing, and I think I got panned on Twitter when I said, you know, this has been a hell of a game. This is maybe like the sixth inning or fifth or seventh inning or so, and it was. Like, I, I know there wasn't a lot yeah. of runs, but <laughs> it was exciting. Like, it was tense. Uh, you could feel it. Um, and, and I'll come back to, like, I really – I'm impressed with, you know, how many of the Phillies who were playing on a stage for the first time uh, handled it. Bohm made some really nice plays in the field. Uh, Bohm had did. a catch uh, in foul territory that's, that ended inning, saved some Wheeler pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Started a double play, had a nice, had a nice uh, play to his left. Uh, he was solid. Uh, he was solid. Uh, they, you know, Matt Buehling made plays in center field. Uh, I mean, they, they, they had guys on base. You know, a couple innings in the middle there and missed and missed opportunities. But I mean, they were, like you said, putting the ball in play. And I think that was something that that probably gave him a little bit of confidence going into that ninth inning. Um, they hadn't been totally overwhelmed all day, even though the, the scoreboard showed zero runs. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, does this win? Does this the way? Does the way they win it? Does the uh, does this change your outlook on this team? I mean, how, where does this win compare? You know, to other postseason wins. I mean, I feel like uh, hmm. it, it's it was uh, just the second time in franchise history they trailed uh, by two or more runs entering the ninth inning and, and came back to win in the playoffs. And the other one was uh, get me to the plate boys came mm. for the 2009 NLDS. Yeah, man. Look, I'll, you know, that, that game ranks above this and the Jimmy Rollins walk sure. off against the Dodgers that ranks above this, of course. Sure. But I mean, this is, this is right there. Like this is, this was uh, the way they did it and how they did it and against the, who, and, and the team they did it against. Yeah. Uh, and the players and like all of it coming together that yes, I, I don't think it changes my outlook necessarily because I've held for a minute now that these best of three series can absolutely go either way. It just does not matter. It's such a short sprint that if you're a little bit outmatched, you can overcome that in a three game series. So like objectively fine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I have also felt 
since about the midsummer. It really kind of crystallized in mid to late August, but I guess starting in June. That this team just, they're not out of it at any given time. They're just, they're not. They're not out of it. It, it may not be pretty. They may not, you know, <laughs> reliably put together good at bats, even if they fall flat when trying to come back. You know, the three-pitch ninth inning from, you know, late in the regular season comes to mind. I'm, I'm thinking about the, <laughs> the converse of that sort the of Cub, thing. The Cubs game, Wrigley. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, ugh. But they're, they're not. They, they have often, frequently, I'll even say, found ways to claw themselves back into some of these games that it just feels like they should not have won. And this was a game where for the first few innings, they they kind of let the Cardinals off the hook a little bit. They straighted some runners again, which we saw a lot of in late September. You know, that it was like, uh, here we go. Is it just another razor-thin margin? Are they walking on a tightrope here? Blah, blah, blah. You peasants the home run. You're like, you roll your eyes all the way back into your head. You're like, great. But the thing that continues to be different about this team and the thing that makes me believe they can actually hang in in a longer series, should they finish this one off, is that they just, they don't die. They're like a weird little cockroach where you just think like, oh, that, that's, that's kind of an ugly game they've put together. We probably don't need to worry about that anymore. And then they erupt like they did today in the ninth inning. You know, like it just, it's so strange, this team. It's so odd because they have these stars. They have this top echelon talent. And they have this weird little collection of depth guys that sort of come together and, and, you know, formed this Megatron of bench and lower third of the order that is just taking turns playing the hero, whether it's, you know, Sosa or Maton or Veerling or Marsh or whoever it is on a given day. Like just somebody steps up in a weird spot. It's just somebody you wouldn't expect. And so I look at a game like today and as nerve wracking as it was, and as unsure as I was, given how good Helsley has been, you know, factoring out his injury because we didn't know that at the time, you just like, oh, man, the odds are really long. And yet, not only did they come back, they padded on. So my outlook hasn't really changed. I don't know if they're a title contending team. They have very big flaws that might get exposed in a, you know, five or seven game series. Fine. So be it. This yeah. is how this team plays. This is how this yeah. team wins. And this will not be the last ugly game they play in this postseason, no matter how long this series goes with the Cardinals. I guarantee you that they will play another game equally, if not more ugly than, you know, the first eight. And even if you want to count the ninth inning went tonight, they just, that's how they play. No, but you know what? They're one win away from getting a postseason game at home. Mm-hmm. And even if they get swept by the Braves, uh, the Braves are very good. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get one. If they, they get one more win here, they will get a game at Citizens Bank Park. And I think that is important. I think it means a lot. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to lead this, leave it with, I don't know what's going to happen in game two. I'll give you one prediction. Though, and I want one prediction from you. Okay. My one prediction for game two is that Nick Castellanos gets a big hit. I like it. I do. I do. I like that because if this is going to be the time where the unlikelies step up and, and make things happen. Hey, I mean, as good as, as good as Nick Castellanos was in 2021, he has been underwhelming in 2022. He, you know, something about was, him has, he was really excited after the game. 
Good. Uh, Good. Really excited. And I haven't seen him excited like this in a while. Good. No, that's that's excellent to hear. I, I hope that energy keeps up because it, it does feel like a different clubhouse right now. Um, okay, prediction. Well, I already cashed in on my Edmundo Sosa prediction. I felt like he was going to do something <laughs> important. I did. It just, you know, the fact that he was good enough to be added to the roster, something about that just spoke to me. And I'll count his slide home in the ninth inning today. Uh, that was a nice, easy, early payoff. Oh, I, are they going to make this? Are they going to make it hard? You think they take care of it tomorrow? Yes. Night? No. I well, I, I, I they could take <laughs> care of it tomorrow. They will not make it easy. It will not be easy because, like I said, this is just how this team plays. They don't. I think Nola, I think Nola clears five innings bare minimum, and I think that will help keep some more demons at bay. But I don't think it's going to be a clean game. Um, something about the incoming cold i think there's a cold front that's washing over the midwest right now that's that's moving east it's going to be nighttime something just feels ominous about tomorrow night's game not necessarily in a win-loss fashion but just you know like it's 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 like the aura is powerful until you kill it off right it is man and that's what you know it's like it's exorcism 101 you have to start with the basics, if you're going to shed the demons that hang over this franchise from the last time they played in the playoffs, you got to finish off the series, got to do some more of the little things right. You got to hang in there and stay in it. Maybe that's what it comes down to again. Maybe they have to just scratch and claw to hang in a game. Maybe they trade punches, go back and forth. Maybe it's a six to four game heading into the eighth inning or something like that. I think if we want to get a little more concrete, I, I think Bryson Stott is going to have a big hit at some point in the series, hmm. whether it's tomorrow or Sunday. I'll go with he tomorrow. He did some good at-bats today. He did. He did. He really did. Um, and I continue to think he's having a better season than his season numbers will suggest, and it will forever look better mentally, and you will remember it more fondly than what the numbers on the paper actually read kind of like a, a more glorified version of, of Ronnie Torres, like <laughs> um, just his season, at least like he, he's, he's doing good things. I like the way he approaches things at the plate. He hung in there against Jose Quintana. Who's a tough lefty. You know what? Let's just say Bryson Stott comes up with something interesting in the later innings of Saturday's game. And that he's the guy who, who makes things a little bit more fun and or tense, hopefully in a good way. <laughs> so, so that'll be, maybe, that'll be uh, my prediction. Talk to you late tomorrow night or maybe Sunday morning. See how it goes. Yeah, we will see how it goes. Uh either way. I need to do I need to do laundry. <laughs> oh, this is day. I think this is the I don't yeah, know. What do you day. want? Day fifteen of this road trip? No. Sixteen. This is like twelve. Oh, is that all? I mean it's about <laughs> like sixteen. I think this is day twelve. Ugh. I'm not totally confident of that, but uh I might need to do some laundry because uh, I might have a flight to book to Atlanta. There we go. Let's let's keep that in our thoughts. Go do some laundry. Hopefully the Phillies come out riding high. Momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. And hopefully Aaron Nola's got the goods. Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Phillies have a chance to clinch a playoff series win and face the Atlanta Braves in the National League Division Series. Won't believe it till we see it, but they're on the doorstep. For The Athletics, Matt Gelb, I am Paul Boyer. We'll see you tomorrow and or 
early summer.